This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. to Celtic State of Mind I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm delighted to be joined by Colin Watt not delighted with the performance we've seen in that second half just working through some of the comments Colin before the end of this game thought we would just come on when you arrived I think we might also be joined by Kevin Graham I think uh, what you're looking at here is what we have come to expect this season I mean we were full of hope at half time Colin that we might actually turn around uh, a deficit and get a win second half has been a different story isn't it yeah definitely um I mean, you try, we tried to be positive at half-time, but there's, there was nothing in that second-half performance that was positive at all. Um, it was a really poor performance in the second half, but it's not something that we've um, been 
unexpected from Celtic this season. Um, unexpected is probably not a word, but hey-ho. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it, it's just the way that we've, it's gone this season. And um, I said today I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't win. We didn't. Um, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we wake up tomorrow and he's still in charge. It's just the way things are going this season. It was really poor against a, a second-string Livingston team. And we're not on here to rant. There's not going to be a rant, certainly not from me anyway. Um, it was just poor, but at the point I'm I'm not even annoyed anymore. I'm just kind of accepting this is the way things have been this season. Well, I'm annoyed, Colin. I'm going to tell you, and I'm not going to rant. We had enough rants the other day at the press conference, and that's not something that we're going to do here. Um, half time you're analysing the first half performance you're pinpointing what went wrong in the first half and some people on particularly on the Facebook page um, oh you're pinpointing certain players well that's because they were poor and that continued into the second half now we were 2-1 up I spoke at half time about maybe protecting the legs of some of those players Colin who hadn't been in the high intensity training over the last 10 days or so um, and yeah I why we wouldn't do it at half time but the suggestion was there we didn't make a substitution until the 77th minute by which time it's 2-2 and then you've got I think to question the substitutions that were made I mean Ayer for Frimpong got to be tiredness because Ayer was very effective down the right hand side Turnbull off Turnbull comes off for Mikey Johnson Um, for me big fanny Ryan Christie Ryan Christie was ineffective today yet we take off David Turnbull so I've got major concerns that I've had all season about game management, um, about the inability to to change or react to the way the game's being played by Neil Lennon. He's a manager. We'll get to the sending off as well, Colin. So talk me through the second half. We're sitting at 2-1, 2-1 up at half time. I think at the beginning of the game, we had said, you know, no matter what happens in terms of the result, you don't expect anything to happen tomorrow. How long can this go on? How long can this go on? I mean, someone made a great point there. There's plenty of snow in the Livingston Goldmouth. And there was, because we were barely in it. How long can this Celtic board sit back and allow this car crash to continue? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um this isn't the worst performance of the season by a long stretch I mean as you'd said before the game started uh, it's been what six years maybe longer since Celtic have won through at Livingston we seem to have this sort of mental block every time that we go there so um, if you take this out of the context of the season so far it's not a performance or a result that you wouldn't have expected but it's just another one it's another poor result. It's another one that kind of goes in the books. Um, it go, speaking about the red card, that red card was atrocious. I mean, what was Scott Brown thinking about? That is really, really poor. He's a captain of Celtic Football Club and he comes out and does something like that. I don't care if he's not been playing for ages or what, whatever the story is. But I mean, for to come out in a press conference and say that the team's all behind him and then to come out and deliberately throw your arm at a Livingston player, there's absolutely no reason. It's a shambolic um, performance there by Scott Brown. He was on the park for five minutes, and for me, I don't see a point in playing him again this season. Kevin Graham has joined us. Welcome to the show, Kevin. We've been speaking, and we'll go over your thoughts on that second half performance. There's been criticism coming in through the comments in relation to Neil Lennon's usual 
um, substitutions got to be questioned one of those substitutions was the captain the captain who came out uh, this week uh, to support his manager and within five minutes he's been sent off I'm going to ask you first and foremost was it a sending off in your view? Yes that was a sending off yes he's How disappointed? Like, he's looked for the guy How disappointed are you in your, in your captain? Yeah under these circumstances. Extremely disappointed. Extremely disappointed. It looked like he's reacted to something that's happened. If you were a really cynical guy, you would probably say he's maybe done it deliberately to actually get off the pitch. I, I don't know. It's just... Look, see, for that first hour of that game, we, we saw a lot of the things that we'd want to see for a Celtic team. As soon as Livingston equalised, the, the last half hour was quite painful viewing. Mm. Uh, the last half hour, our fitness went. Our fitness I, again, went. again. As the part, as the part got heavy, our minds got heavy and our legs got heavy, and there was no way we were getting back into that game as the longer that game went on. And as I say, up until the 60th minute, we were fine. But that last half hour just sums up, uh, sums up our season. Uh, sums up the lack of discipline in the team, sum, sums up the lack of fitness in the team, sums up the state of mind of the team. Um, look, we've seen it all before, we've said it all before, nothing's going to change with this coaching staff in no. charge. No. And really, this should be Neil Lennon's last game in charge tonight. 100%. Really 100%. Now, the thing is, Kevin, we've been asking the question, why is a change not being made? We, we don't know. And the Celtic support doesn't know. We don't know where we are with the review. We don't know because the club hasn't engaged with us all season. Now, I would expect it if it does happen during this broadcast, and we're not aware because I'm not checking my phone constantly, I'm trying to concentrate on the comments coming in, then give us an update because we don't know how the the post-match interviews are going to go. Russell Boyce, who joins us on a Monday, Kevin with your good self, was... Um, tweeting us to say that there was a, a pre-match interview uh, with Neil Lennon where he was saying he was feeling bullish going into this game. I, I can't understand where this bullishness comes from. I, I really can't because, again, in 2021, we haven't won a game. So you can throw the big Dubai debacle uh, into that as well. We haven't won a game this year. So we've already been speaking about getting into that rut, you know, last season with the two wins in 12. We're in another rut. Yeah, I know that a lot of that was down to the fact that we, we played two games with a decimated squad. We bring in a, a group of players who haven't really played, in fact, who haven't played together as a group. And then we've switched it again tonight. That's not good. It's not good for the goalie. It's not good for the defence to get that partnership and that understanding. But as a club, as a, as a team this season, you know, this... this my fear is we're entering into another period, a lengthy period of being in this rut where we can't get wins. Then it becomes embarrassing in terms of the, the lead at the top. Then you start looking over your shoulder at third place. You know, we said that the other week there. All it takes is for one of these clubs, Hibs or Aberdeen, to start stringing a, a series of results together. And before you know it, we're looking at third place. If we miss out, and you know, it's possible, if we were to miss out on second place in a Champions League, um, shot at the Champions League, I mean, that's a disaster. We need to be safeguarded from that. And the way that we're going, as Kevin quite rightly says, is down that road. We can't string anything together. You know, an hour, Kevin, once again, you've pinpointed for an hour, Kevin was 
fairly, you know, reasonably pleased with with the performance as far as it goes. We were, you know, we were winning. It's two one up. Kevin, if you identify after one hour, after sixty minutes, these guys are tiring because of everything that's happened. You know, um, you make a change, but he waits until the seventy seventh minute, by which time it's two two. So you're saying make the change. If we haven't got anything in place, Kevin. And what I mean by that is a new manager lined up. Do you remove Neil Lennon at this moment in time anyway? Somebody has to put on big boy pants at our club and sack Neil Lennon. If it is going to cost us whatever it's going to cost us, it has to be done for the sake of the football club. We have a duty to Neil Lennon as well. And we've got a duty to the support. We've got a duty to Neil Lennon. But somebody needs to be big enough to make that, that decision tonight. The, the, the review, the review has to be done. Uh, the comment, the comment is right there. The, substi- the substitutions were baffling. Uh, Griffiths goes off because he's injured. Fair play goes off because he's injured. Bringing on Kamala's surprising. That is surprising. But then Ayeti doesn't seem to be in uh, flavour of the month at this precise moment in time. Mm-hmm. What I'm, what I'm worried about as well is other substitutions. Why is he taking off Ayer? Ayer had a quiet second half. He, had, he looked like he had run out of steam in that second half. How come Ryan Christie was still on that park at 90 minutes? I'll never know. No. I will never know how he was still on that park at the end of 90 minutes. You bring on Mikey Johnson on a park that you can't move the ball on. And you bring on Frimpong on a park that you can't move a ball on. Yeah. I mean, the, the, ball, the ball is now sticking. The ball, I mean, it's how it's picturesque. What, what a way to end your Celtic career. Your, your, your Celtic management career and a, a, a snow-filled Amon Vale where you couldn't see the lines by the end of the game. I just noticed you were on for eight minutes there before I came in. My stream must have been about five minutes behind you. Were <laughs> well, you watching Celtic TV? Well, the, the, on that point, Kev, on that point, Celtic's Twitter were showing footage from Sky Sports and obviously we've already had the chat in relation to interviews with players in Sky Sports that disconnect, that inconsistency of message, um, all of these things that we have been dealing with now just to let you know that obviously a Celtic state of mind, although we go out every single day, some days in terms of what's been happening at the club it's not been as vehement but over the last few months it has been, we've got 4,000 of an audience live as we're sitting here at this moment in time because Celtic fans are feeling so strongly about what's happening with the club this season. It's much, much deeper even than just a set of results. And I think more and more people are realising this. Yeah, there are, you know, structural issues. We speak about it regularly on a Celtic state of mind. There are structural issues from the very top right down. But what can we affect right now? What can we change right now to start improving the performances so that the fan base, the the same fan base who are going to be asked to renew their season tickets, have some kind of, you know, light at the end of this tunnel, this very dark tunnel this season, to suggest that things are going to get better next season and the only thing for me that can be done right now, because you can't have wholesale changes of the football personnel, but there's only 10 days left of the window, as Colin said at the beginning of the show, what can be done is you change the manager, that's the one thing that can be done, now it could well be that we're not in a position to appoint who we want if indeed the board has somebody in mind. Colin Watt, would you remove Neil Lennon from his position and run with an interim coaching staff between now and the end of the season rather than keep him in place, just waiting for the next drama to unfold? 
See, the problem runs deeper than Neil Lennon. That's the, the issue here. The problem isn't just Neil Lennon. It's the whole coaching staff. We saw it um, on the last two games as well when Gavin Strachan was in charge for those two games. As much as Neil Lennon probably had an input to those selections and an input to those substitutions, Gavin Strachan is the person that's on the sideline. He's the person that's supposed to be coaching the team, taking the team through it, making the adjustments that he can see fit, at sitting in the manager's position. John Kennedy as well. There's not been any one of those three that I want to step up to take that job between now and the end of the season. If you're going to have to give it to someone interim, then it's going to have to be someone like Tommy McIntyre or Stephen McManus. Um, and I wouldn't want to put them in that position to make them take it through to the end of the season. So if the change is going to be made, the change has got to be made for the long term. And it's got to be made with the man that you want to start the season next year in charge. Um, and for that reason, I honestly don't think it will be tonight and I don't think it will be tomorrow that we see Neil Lennon removed from his post. I think that it will happen, but for me, it just feels as though tonight might be the time when the board actually turn around and say, right, that's it, we need to make a change. Let's start looking now when they should have been looking months and months ago. You would hope that that would be... This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Part of the review. Um, Kevin, I'm going to come to yourself. You've had many dealings with uh, certain members of the Celtic boards over the years. Do you think they're dynamic enough to have something in place? Do you think we're going to get to a situation where we remove Neil Lennon partly because of the way that things have fallen out after the press conference and we're left with a situation where we do have some kind of interim um, coaching stroke management team in place until the end of the season. Do you think that's a, a possibility? I take Colin's point. I've been saying all, all season, haven't I? Well, since the, the Pataudry, half-time Pataudry tipping point for me, that they'll, they'll have to go. It's not just Neil Lennon. And that's just the coaching side of things. Can you see this this being a situation like it was the day after Love Street four nothing when Mowbray was sat where you know nothing's announced immediately they go back to to work in the following day and the same thing happened to John Barnes obviously and then it's announced can you see that happening seriously because if we go out to our bulletin twelve thirty tomorrow afternoon as we always do on a weekday 
what I mean, we're going to be going around in circles at that stage because nothing's changing, which means nothing's getting any better. Things need to change, as I says. Somebody in that boardroom who can make the decision has to put on the big boy, big boy pants and no matter how much money it's going to cost us, we have to get rid of the coaching staff at this precise moment in time for us, for us as a support to get some sanity, I think. Now, the Neil Lennon on the 27th of October, I can't have heard this on my phone, says... In a press conference, he says, if things start to deteriorate rapidly, I'll hold my hands up and say, this isn't working. We need to look at something else. Surely that yep. points on the, t- on the 20th of January, 2021, 20, 20 points behind. We've just, we've just messed up one of our games in hand. Surely this is deteriorated really rapidly. We're, we're actually, yeah. born, we're actually born beyond de- deterioration. But, Kevin, um, for me, that point happened long before January 20, 2021. I mean, there's been umpteen signs this season that the management team that were in place were not going to be the team that would get you anywhere towards the top of that table. Um, as, you say, as you're saying, 20 points behind, two games in hand, etc., etc. Look, this is the, the, the point where anyone who kept saying, keep the faith, would turn around and tell you we'll give three games in hand. Mm-hmm. Well, here was one of those games in hand and Celtic struggled through that second half. So I don't understand where this mindset comes from. You've got to admit, basically, that the season, in terms of the league, is over. The Scottish Cup might not happen. It's now time to look forward and start planning for next season. Um, And it can't be on an interim basis. It has to be the person you want to take forward next season. The time to appoint someone new with a chance of still winning the league title has came and gone. We had that opportunity months ago. Um, now it's all about starting for season 2021-2022. What the point that, that Kevin raised is a valid one, you know, whereby he, he's addressing not only the press but he's addressing the fans because it's the only way that we can have any kind of communication is when Neil Lennon or Peter Lowell or any of the players um, are addressing the media, the media pack. And I think that was in Neil Lennon's mind on Monday. He was defending, he, he wanted that siege mentality, right? I totally understand that. I, I know that's what happened. I don't think he went about it the right way. But if that's what he said, Kevin, we know th- that's what he said because he was pulled up about it, wasn't he? After the event um, by the guys at the Cynic who were in one of the press conferences. During the, the two wins in 12, he was pulled up for it during that run and he was asked a question and he didn't have a, a straight answer for for that question at that point it's got worse since then there was a tiny little interlude in this season you know the Lille game up to the 2nd of January where there was a glimmer of hope that because of some forced changes um, and a wee bit of fortune we started stringing a, a you know a few games together but it's got to be said other than the Lille game it's games we should have won anyway. It's games you would have expected to win. You know, it's not as though we came up against a real challenge and we overcame it. The first real challenge in that run was Rangers at Ibrox. And we faltered, sending off. What happens tonight? Three draws in a row, another sending off. That, it doesn't come down to complacency. What it comes down to is it's a lack of discipline. I'm watching it again there. Not only does Scott Brown try and, like, stop his run and then bars the guy from behind, he swings both arms. He swings the right one first and the left one goes round the other way. So he's actually warning the Livy player, I'm coming for you. Livy player might have made a, a meal of it, but 
Willie Collins, Collins right there. He's, he's basically, he's goaded um, the, the referee into sending him off. Some people are saying he was quick to send him off. I think it was a red. I mean, what can the ref do in a situation like that? That's your club captain. You know, he should be a shining example of what we expect from our Celtic team. Sorry, Kevin, on you go. I wasn't surprised to see the red card coming out. Right away, I went, that's a red card. He swung, mm-hmm. an, elbow, he, he swung an elbow at him. And, I mean, if you look at that point on 59 minutes, we've got we've got three points on 59 minutes. We get to 95 minutes, we end up with a point. Why did we end up with a point? Poor fitness, poor subs, poor coaching. Mm-hmm. As I say, you bring on uh, you bring on Fing Pong and Mikey Johnson on a park that's covered in snow. The, 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 there was no out the box thinking. Going, this can't work. We can't bring on these players because the ball's now stuck, and we need to think of doing something else. But the players mm-hmm. didn't have it in them. You saw the body language of the players. But as soon as Brown went off, you saw the body language of the players. The body language of the see, players was shot. See, that's the point I want to pick up on is the body language because when you see Scott Brown, you actually see that he turns back. The ball's gone. Whatever's happened, you don't see until the, the, what the, the camera shows you. But he's actually turned back and deliberately, not once but twice, swung an arm at that Livingston player. He misses the first time and catches the second time. There's absolutely a red card every day of the week. And then when you go on from there, the, the body language did change. A lot of people chucked it. They really didn't go for it. I mean, Ryan Christie giving the ball away um, and then knocking in for the tackle for the first goal, that was beforehand. Then after that, you had a corner where Patrick Clamalla throws an elbow at the boy. He's lucky not to give away a penalty. The, the mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the right word here. The structure of that team in the second half fell to bits. The discipline was terrible. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, we're lucky to come away with a point considering what happened in that second half. If, they, if Livingston had went on to win that game, I don't think there would be many people out there that could have said they didn't deserve it. Now... Uh, you mentioned earlier on that um, you, you, I think you called them the Keep the Faith Brigade. Now, we're all Celtic fans, right? But there is a hardcore who continually send the message that, you know, everything's going to be all right. That This game doesn't work like that. And it's been spiralling out of control for a long, long time. But one of the things that kept coming back, Colin, was the three games in hand, well, there's nine points. The two games against Rangers, there's six points. And you're looking at these people thinking, that doesn't work like that. And here's the proof. Here's the proof. You're going to Livingston. And yeah, we've come away with a 2-2. It could have been a 3-2. Because as Kevin said, the last half hour of that game, Livingston started to dominate that. Now, James McKay Media comes in to give us a wee stat. No wins in four. Seven wins in 22. It simply isn't good enough and hasn't been for a while. Now, I've seen, you know, the um, comparison tables of John Barnes after 22 games, Neil Lennon after 22, Tony Mowbray, etc. But who was the last Celtic manager to win seven games in 22? That, that's an astonishing run of results. It's so poor. But as you say, Colin, we've been banging the drum for several months. You said... After the Ferenc Varos game, it was time for Neil Lennon to go. I can't see how we can get through this week without a big change. And as Kevin Graham says, there's guys at Celtic who are paid the big bucks to make the big decisions. And if it's going to cost Celtic some money, um, they're just going to have to take that hit because this can't go on. There's quite a few people coming through to say that 
here you go, Stephen James, 187. Welcome back to the show, Stephen. I hope you're well. That Celtic team under Lennon won't finish second in the league. Kevin Graham, if no change is made, do you think that's realistic, what, what Stephen's saying there? Could we fall even further behind? We could. We're in a rut. Uh, you're talking about seven gates, seven wins in 22. Livingston have won more games in the last 10 than we've won in 20. Um, so you're talking about Liam Brady type territory we're in here. I think Liam Brady went, uh, the only, I'm trying to remember here, I think Liam Brady was the only manager I can remember under double figures and 20 odd games, but that was spread over two seasons. Mm. If I remember the end of one season and the start yeah. of the next season, the start yeah. of the next season when he, when he actually was that day. So we are into that territory. We are into the territory of finishing third. Uh, but I still, I still think there's an ingredient in that team. I, there was enough in the first 60 minutes there for anybody that can come in and get the dead cat bounce that we need to ensure that the finish setting is there. Uh, unsure what they're going to do about the fitness in the last 30 minutes of games, but that, that's that, that's for them. Uh, that's for whoever comes in to sort out. But the, the board need to take that. The board need to take the action um, just now. They, they've got to. They've got to actually now. And maybe Neil's got to take it as well. Maybe, maybe, Neil's, maybe Neil's got to actually step up to the plate and go, this is no longer working for me. I can't so the, last time that's, the last time Celtic went four games without um, winning was in the year 2000. So it takes us back 21 years since the last time we were on this, a bit of this run. Um, and you, you spoke about that. It was Laura Bradburn that made this, put the chart together um, and she was looking at um, the comparison of managers after 22 games. John Barnes was sacked after 22 games um, and he's only one point better off than what Neil Lennon is this season. Um, it's been a complete travesty from start to finish. But as I said at the start of the programme, it's not a result that I'm completely um, surprised by because it just sums up the way this season's went. Um, and as I said, if we wake up tomorrow and he's still in charge, that wouldn't surprise me either. Somebody, but somebody better know that John Barnes that start on Twitter, or we'll never hear, or we'll never hear, hear the end of it. I, I, I heard an interest, I, I heard an interesting thing the other day, and it maybe shows you what's wrong with Celtic Football Club. Athletic Club Bilbao obviously still only hire players from still only employ players from the Basque region, or who have family ties to the Basque region or have been schooled in the Basque region. But what they actually do, they understand that shortens a talent pool that they can actually choose from. So what they do is they ensure they can get the best manager that they can. Mm. They make sure that they're spending top dollar on a manager who can make up for that talent gap. Now, we're in Scotland. Surely, for me, there's similarities between Bilbao and trying to get folk coming to Scotland. So surely we should be the same. We should be ha- we should be aiming for the best manager that we can to actually make up for the talent gap. That's that's just that, that's that's just me. Kevin, I agree with that, and I think we've been saying this. You know, we we've been throwing money um, at, for example, the three loanees that we spoke about in, in the wages, and and uh, that was done this afternoon. We were talking about that, and I would much rather take that three point two million and, and put it into the manager and coaching staff. And I think that's what we need to start looking at. I mean, you look at the bloated nature of our squad; it's not doing us any favours having a squad like that. Now, at some point during the season, and again, we're talking about fitness here. At some point during the season, when you realise, you know what, we're not as fit as we should be, 
right? And then after Dubai, because of everything that's happened, we're still not as fit as we would like to be. Then you utilise the substitutions, Colin. It's something that we've been very critical of all season. You can bring on the fresh legs. He's not doing it properly. He's not. And at this stage of the season, January, you know, we're into the second, we're well in now to the second half of the season. He's still not figured out how to utilise the substitutions at his disposal. The interesting thing as well is you're sitting there with a five million pound striker on the bench and Albion Ayeti. Mm. And yet you turn to the substitutions that he made and he brought on Jeremy Frimpong and Scott Brown. How are they going to win you a game? Like, what do they offer in an attacking sense? They, they weren't going to be the ones that were driving forward into the box. He takes off Lee Griffiths, who might be injured, or, but he seemed to get over that tackle and he was playing well. Um, he nearly curled one into the top corner only about a minute later. So what was it? I don't understand. The substitutions this season as well have just been completely dumbfounding. But when you've got a guy there that you chased after for weeks and weeks and weeks, um, thinking the deal was dead, re- uh, bringing it back, and then you put him on the bench and don't bring him off. You, you still had the substitution there to make. We only made four substitutions. You could have made five. You could have brought him on. You could have went for it. But it just seemed as we got down to 10 men, we were happy to see out a two-each draw. And that's just not acceptable. No, it's not. And Alex makes the point via YouTube, get the blinkers off Celtic. It is time that Celtic and anybody else out there who thinks that we can ride this out, that Neil Lennon is going to turn this round, it's not happening. The change has to be happening now. It needs to to happen tonight or tomorrow in the aftermath of what another... Shocking performance. Now, some people have been saying that uh, Neil Lennon should walk. I don't think that's happening because the situation at this moment is I think that we've actually got a standoff between the club and Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon knows he's on a 12 month rolling contract and he's due something in the region of £1.2 million if he was relieved of his duties due to performance. Now, let's see what the fallout is of some of the comments, obviously, that were made in the press conference, because I keep asking, have we heard the last of that? Well, I don't think we've heard the last of the comments when the Deputy First Minister comes out and calls him absolutely appalling. What's happening behind the scenes um, at this moment in time? Is that going to um, actually force the hand of Celtic to make a make a decision um, even more so than the bad results and if so where does that leave Neil Lennon these are all things that should be happening as we speak there's no way people with Celtic's best interests at heart can watch what's happening to this club and just allow it to continue now Kevin Graham tomorrow obviously we uh, dust ourselves down at Axon we come back out at 12.30 and we talk about the topical issues involving Celtic in the last 24 hours Um, now I'm going to have to say this because some people are telling me change the record well if anybody has got a, a wee bullet list of positive topics they wish to discuss on the broadcast, please send it in. I'm all ears. Because at this moment in time, our priority is a situation Celtic find themselves in, which is fairly perilous, it's got to be said. Um, so coming back to yourself, Kevin Graham, we've, we've seen nine in a row. We've seen Rangers winning nine in a row. We've overcome these dark areas within Celtic's history. Of course we have. And this isn't a Celtic da monologue, by the way, right? But we have come through difficult times. Celtic will come through this difficult time. But it won't just happen. We've got to make it happen as a club. We've got to make these difficult decisions. So when somebody says, take the blinkers off Celtic, that is the blinkers because it's Neil Lennon. Because of what he's done for the club, because he 
how highly he's held in esteem by a massive um, percentage of the fan base. But it is now time. It's time to go now. He's obviously, he's had a pot shot at everybody from the media to the photographer to ex-players who were ex-colleagues stroke ex-friends. And I, I mean John Hartson because when I seen that, I thought, you know, he's kind of lost control here. He's just having a pot shot at everybody. Um, He's burning bridges left, right and centre. Now, what happens, Kevin, you raised the point midway through last year in relation to what happens next for Neil Lennon. So that's not going through his mind at the moment. He's not thinking about, right, I'm not going to fall out with everybody in my path. It's just really like scorched earth policy. Kevin, you were going to say something there. You're saying he's fallen out with everybody, storming out of BBC interviews before the game, seemingly. We've all seen the press conference. What is he saying to the players? What's happening? What's, what's happening in the background with the players? What is it? What is he? What what message is he giving to the players if he looks? I didn't want to say unstable because that's a really really strong word, but we we can see the pressure on him. So what is he actually telling the players? As, I mean, that's what I'm worried about, and I, and I think you can actually see, I think you can actually see see that in some of the reactions of the players tonight. Now, when it got to two each, and there was a bit of a battle on the park, wasn't they running right? They just weren't up for it. They just went, nah, I didn't fancy this. My, my legs just won't, my, my legs just won't do it. That's what I'm worried about. What is he doing to that dressing room? What is he saying to the, those players in the dressing room? I mean, those players in the dressing room are probably just as lost as us. Well, Kevin, I think it's an excellent point, and I raised it with Lawrence. Now, Lawrence has been a massive supporter of Neil Lennon, as everybody knows. But even Lawrence on uh, Tuesday was coming around to the idea that you know the time is up. But what I did say was, you look at some of the the previous outbursts uh, from Neil Lennon. Sometimes it is that sees mentality, like we said, they're looking for some kind of reaction, not just from his own players, but from the fans to try and galvanise him. I think he split the fan base this season, I really do. But if you look at that approach, the approach that he had, and people keep telling me to read um, you know, the transcript, but I, I've seen the, the full 22-minute unedited interview from start to finish. The body language, the way that he delivered the message, some people are saying, but some of the messages might be right, only if they're accurate. And already we've had three groups coming out and saying it's not accurate. So that's all rumbling on in the background. If that's your approach because you've got your back up, you feel as though you're being backed into a corner, Exactly what Kevin's just said there. What is your approach when things aren't going well at half-time in the changing room? We've seen Mikey Johnston trudging off because he was injured when he told the gaffer he could stay on and he was told to F off. Young player making his way in the game. That injury he got that night kept him out for the best part of 2020. So how is he actually dealing and man-managing, which is meant to be his biggest skill in management, with so many different um, players? When you're looking in that dressing room, and you're looking at a Greek international goalkeeper who's just come over to Scotland at the beginning of the season, and you're looking at a Uruguayan left-back, and you're looking at French Eddie. All of these players, that mix and how they're managed, are they reacting to the methods and the approach of Neil Lennon? It doesn't look like it to me. Has he lost the dressing room? When did that happen? He's lost a lot of his allies within the press and 
Celtic fans sometimes say to me we have no friends in the press every manager in Scotland every manager that's ever been at Celtic Park has got close associates within the press and we, you know that that has always been the case and there's people who will phone Neil Lennon and Neil Lennon will phone them and the club deal with the press exclusively almost I mean they don't deal coming up with Jungle Lion's point there they don't deal with podcasts they don't care what happens in a fanzine or in a forum or on social media involving any Celtic supporters I mean that that is why I keep going on about a lack of engagement so the, Cel- the, the Celtic Football Club should know what's going on they should have eyes and ears on a podcast now we're not diving in because things are going bad and saying oh we're going to get a bit of that let's get a bit of an audience calling we've been covering every single game all season mm-hmm. And part of the reason we started going live is because we were covering the most historic season in living memory, which was meant to be the 10 in a row season. And another big part of that was we were going to do it during lockdown. So that obviously this is your Celtic companion at 12.30 every day. But it's not turned out like that. So because it's not going well, we're not diving on this bandwagon and saying we're going to get an audience. And also, we don't monetize any of this. So it's not as though we're doing it for a quick buck. We're doing it because we love Celtic Football Club. And it's heartbreaking to see how the club is being run at this moment in time. But the only change that I see can be made, other than a couple of uh, new players, because we definitely need a centre-half before this month is out, is you need to change the manager. If it doesn't happen by tomorrow, then I will be interested to see how some of the more influential groups amongst the Celtic support react. Kevin Graham, we've seen banners, we've seen protests, we've seen statements coming out of the Green Brigade, for example, who obviously are in full support of the Celtic Trust in relation to the work they're doing. If nothing happens over the next 24 hours, what do you think the fallout of that will be amongst the Celtic support? We've went for Spartak Moscow uh, trolling us to Livingston, now trolling us with posting a ten we posting a ten in a row graphic uh, on, on, on their Twitter feed. So that, that's where we are. I think this the, the Green Brigade, the Celtic Trust, the affiliation and all of that have been very clear to the club that they're not happy with the situation. Unfortunately the club didn't listen listen to it. Um you could possibly say that the protests after the Ross County game maybe didn't had the opposite effect. It made it made the decision makers hunk, hunker down and not not be seen to actually bow to mob rule. Um, I mean, we can't protest. It's we're in a pandemic. We can't turn up at the stadium. We, we can't do that. The only thing we can do is threaten to withdraw season tickets, threaten to withdraw money. That's the only thing that they listen to. But we're still weeks away from that. Weeks. And bet, you can bet your bot you can bet your bottom dollar that they'll wait until the last jap to send out the renewal forms this year. They'll only, okay. be, coming out, they'll only be coming out in three weeks' time. Well, what would the reaction be if they did, you know, at, at this time? I mean, Colin, you alluded to that over the Christmas period in terms of, you know, and, and I said jokingly today about the end of season DVD, I'm pretty sure they've just stopped filming that, you know, because if you're trying to flog a dead horse like that, at that kind of time, we've got a Celtic book that we've been working uh, alongside David Potter and Tom Campbell uh, for, for months and months and months. Why on earth would we release it? 
Why would you release it? The Celtic fans don't want to read that. They want Celtic as a club to get this back on track. And the first, for me, the first thing you've got to do is remove Neil Lennon from office. Joe McLinden makes a good point. Time for a substitution. Lotto, it could be you. You never know. You never know what's going through Neil Lennon's mind at that point. And we've even seen the embarrassing situation in one of the European games where he wasn't quite sure who was going on. Um, Gary Murphy comes in to say lockdown, no fans and lack of player concentration more of the same excuses from Lennon and I think that is Gary because Lennon does not have the answers he is now out of his depth as a manager of this football club Colin it's like what I said on the bulletin earlier today um, and Neil Lennon still has this belief that he will be the person to turn this around he still thinks deep down that he can do it and I don't understand where any of this is coming from I don't get where he's getting this opinion of himself. I don't get where he's getting this backing because someone has to be telling him. I mean, there you go, Kieran Nolan. This is coming from an interview on Sound happening right now. He's already walked out of one press conference today and by the comments that's coming in, it looks as if he's walked out another. This isn't good for Celtic at all. You can't have the face of Celtic being someone like that who is, as you said, clearly out of his depth, um, and nobody has any sort of ill feelings towards Neil Lennon as a person. You want him to be the, the Celtic legend that he was. He's probably a legend now in the other half of the city for the way that this season's been handled. Um, but look, he's got to get to the point where he just has to realise this job is done for him. He has to move on, take some time out, reassess what's important to him and then carry on his career. Celtic need to bookend this chapter and move on as quickly as possible. No, absolutely. Kevin, do you think it's a financial thing? Is this the reason why the club haven't made this decision before now? Are they holding out for Neil Lennon to walk? It's quite clear, going by people like Joe Porter, who's filling us in on the post-match interview, Neil Lennon's gone nowhere of his own accord. Absolutely not. He's not going to walk. He's holding out for the club to actually pay him off. Maybe that says more about Neil Lennon than we really want to know. Um, as Joe Porter says, I think he just says that he's won five out of six trophies. Peter Wall could sit in the boardroom and he say he says he's won four uh, under his leadership, dictatorship, whatever you want to call it. He's won fourteen out of twenty titles. Um, it's just delusional ar- ar- arrogance. Eh? It is arrogance when you when you should be realising that your time's up. Everybody's time comes to an end. Everybody, mm-hmm. it's time. Sometimes you just put your hand up and go, this game's moved on. I'm stale at this club. This is no working. I need to move. Let's, let's mutually terminate or whatever they're going to call it. What is it? A, a conscious uncoupling. I think so. I, th- I think that's what the board are maybe. I think that's what the board are maybe looking for—a conscious uncoupling where they can where they can put them on garden and leave. I, I tell you what, Paul. Do you, do you think this will change the the board's approach going forward? Because um, Neil Lennon's on a twelve-month rolling contract, which basically means he wakes up every day with twelve months still on his deal. So for them to pay him off, they've got to pay him twelve months' wages. Now I know that changed when Brendan Rodgers came in and they gave him what was it, a three-year deal, a four-year deal something along them lines, and then they went back to the 12-month rolling contract when Neil Lennon came in. Do you see them changing that mentality now because of the situation they've found themselves in? 
I think it also comes down, Colin, yeah, they will, in answer to your question, but I think that also comes down to looking at a manager as an asset. Kevin Graham got dogs abuse for saying this during the season. I almost brought it up earlier on. Kevin asked, where's Neil Lennon going after Celtic? And he got dogs abuse for it. You know, people were actually contacting us about it. Uh, but what I think he meant, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, is that Celtic was a platform for Brennan Rodgers. And after Brennan Rodgers in his mind was finished with what he was doing at Celtic there was plenty of shooters would have taken him on and he's proved himself once again if, if he ever had to down down south at this moment in time we don't have that asset we don't have some someone who is going to be wanted by a top club and then we get a compensation package because they wanted our manager that's not going to happen Rangers have got one of them as much as that you know, hurts me to say it, Rangers have got one of them at this moment in time. Now, there's a management merry-go-round uh, down south. You see it every single day. None of those clubs would appoint Neil Lennon. And that's the point Kevin was trying to make. Kev, you've got dogs abuse for saying it. Uh, disrespectful to Neil Lennon. The, the, the game has moved on. It's moved on beyond Neil Lennon's capabilities. He doesn't have that tactical ability. Um, Callum McGregor alluded to that in his post-match interview on Saturday. Yeah, as, as Kev says, if, if a player comes out, all you're getting sound bites because they've been briefed. I'm pretty sure Neil Lennon was briefed on Monday, but he maybe didn't, didn't read the brief um, and he did his own thing and he went rogue. But the players don't do that. Because, you know, they're, they're not going to go out and go rogue, are they? Because then obviously they won't be playing and they'll get themselves into um, hot water. But I think in doing that as well, though, this changes the whole situation in terms of, and I'm not an employment specialist uh, by any manner of means, but if that's created an issue, and it's an issue that, let's say, there's liaison at this moment in time between Celtic Football Club and the Scottish Government. And the Scottish Government have come back and says, that's inaccurate. Because what was it they called it earlier on? Absolutely appalling. So you would you would suggest that what Neil Lennon said in relation to the Scottish Government, like them or loathe them, um, because it's not really about what you believe politically, it's about Celtic at this moment in time. If the Scottish Government are coming back saying, we didn't change the goalposts, we didn't move them, we didn't change the rules uh, to punish Celtic, Neil Lennon's then in a situation where, you know, the, the club might look at him and say, this is nothing to do with the results. This is about your conduct. You know, this is about the information that you've put out there. If that happens, then the whole game changes. All bets are off. Who knows what might happen? But I'm at a stage now where it's certainly not the podcast's fault that Celtic are um, performing or underperforming the way they are, uh, or even Neil Lennon is. It's not our fault that it's happening, but we will talk about it. Kevin, so no matter what happens tomorrow, Kevin Graham, we will be on here talking about the aftermath of that result tonight and the decision or the non-decision of the Celtic board. In your heart of hearts, Kevin Graham, um, can you see Neil Lennon managing Celtic next week. We've got a week between this game and our next fixture. Can you see Neil Lennon in, in the dugout? I, I can. I really, I really, really can. I, I'm getting more, as I'm sitting here, uh, uh, stuff going through my head in that. Desmond, uh, Dermot Desmond has probably got the money to pay the compensation in his bedroom drawer. And it's about time he went into that bedroom drawer and actually m- moved the club on. Move the club on. If we if we end up with Tommy McIntyre and Stephen McManus for a couple of games, so be it. We have to do it. We have to move on for the sake of the sanity, of the support, to give us some optimism going forward. We need some optimism. Yeah, we do. 
But then it'll be a business decision. Colin Watt, you were going to come in and say something there. No, Kevin's right. And it's a point I've kind of went on and on about. It's just uh, there's been so many of these moments already this season where you've went, he surely can't survive that. He surely can't survive that. And he still manages to do it. Um, if he was a cat, he'd have run out of all of his life spinning. It's just, I don't know what it is. We just kind of get to the point where you think, that's it, it's going to be, and then no, nothing. So, I mean, I don't really know what it is. Um, it, it, I'm just reading a comment here from his interview on Sports Sound. Uh, he's saying, I don't know where they've gone. It's Neil Lennon's take on his players now as opposed to pre lockdown when we were rampant. There was an expectancy about 10, but it was never guaranteed. Maybe it's beyond us, but we'll keep fighting. This is exactly what he said at the press conference the other day. He's literally given up on the title. And if he's given up on it, I think it's time for him to admit that his job's done because he is then turning around saying that if he thinks it's done, he still thinks he's going to be in charge next season. Stephen Holmes is commenting on YouTube. And you're right, Lenny has won more than I've had hot dinners. He's been a very successful player and manager. But I prefer to deal with the here and now. And if you're going to keep him on the job through some kind of loyalty um, or for past glories, Celtic won't win the league this season and they won't win the league next season. Because Neil Lennon is completely inadequate for Celtic Football Club in the here and now. So Stephen, I take your point, he's a club legend, absolutely. The successes that he's had both as a player and as a manager, during both tenures as a manager, are unquestionable, of course they are. But the time has come for him to move on. That's my opinion. I have nothing personal against Neil Lennon. He won't want to speak to me ever again. Uh, Kevin, you were there when I did speak to him, you met him. And I've always said he was charming, he was intelligent, he, he was funny, he was a really, really engaging guy. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, you need to be a success at Celtic Football Club and he no longer is a success. And people say, well, you know what, it was only a month ago that we won a quadruple treble. Of course it was, we know that. We covered it in depth. But in order to win that quadruple treble this season, we only contributed two games, two wins. And one of those wins, we really, really struggled and we almost threw it away against Hearts. In the first game, if you really want to analyse it, we were, we were pretty poor in the second half. Um, against Aberdeen, both goals came in the first half. Stephen Holmes, aye. Let, let Neil Lennon has won more than than I've had hot dinners. The problem that we've got is the dinner is now called. It's been put in the bin and next door cats is a, next door's cat is actually eating it. That is the problem. Uh, we're no arguing that he's that he's won more games than what we've had hot dinners. We're no arguing with that. The fact is next door's cats ran off with it. That is what we're saying. We're, we're, we're no arguing with what he's done. His time's been and gone and we're we're gone round in circles here. And we've been saying it since the Aberdeen game. Colin's been saying it since Ferris Varos. I had the fear this was going to happen when he was appointed. The big, the big thing, Kev, you did, and you said it. And what I want people to realise, though, this isn't a personal vendetta against Neil Lennon. You know, we're not trying to push Neil Lennon over the edge. That That is not what we're about. We're, we're Celtic supporters. And if we weren't sitting here, 
we'd have been at the game the night, you know, we'd be travelling home, we'd be listening into these interviews, we'd be watching the, the, the footage on your phone. This We've been going to the Celtic games like everybody else, and you know what, it's a shame, and I, I don't like seeing Celtic fans falling out. We can disagree, that's part of the game. Always has been. Kevin Graham, I'm sure you've had stand-up rows with people on supporters' buses. That's what happens, or in the boozer before and after the game. That's fine, because you get together for the next game, and you approach it again that's not an issue but I, what I don't like is Celtic supporters going toe to toe it's, it's really becoming quite vehement we all want the, the same which is success for Celtic Football Club but in order to get that this this is it you know we really need to make the change now and plan for next season Kevin sorry you were going to say something there were you thinking back to some of the fallouts you've had on your bus I, I was thinking back, and you should actually see uh, my bus's WhatsApp. My God, they're off. I, I, I wouldn't like to. I, I wouldn't like to be on that bus and they're coming back for Livingston because <laughs> there would be definitely battles going on. Hmm. Definitely. Well, I mean, what's happened to the twenty-two minute video? Has anybody else seen that? Is that out there anywhere on video? No, it's still, it's still not out there. It's quite funny because that. Wouldn't, wasn't posted on Celtic's YouTube but yet the Scott Brown interview was posted within minutes of it being concluded mm. so it's obviously something that Celtic don't want to be out there but how can you do it? It's a press conference it's been recorded all over the shop it's, it was Sports Sound spent the first 18 minutes putting an audio version of the, of the interview out you can't exactly hide it, it's out there um, and do you know it's a point you make on Neil Lennon about when you met him before and you, you did the, the night with him and he was funny, he was smart, he was articulate, he was this, he was that. It just shows you what the pressure of managing does. And he's shown that he's not got the the mentality to be able to cope with that pressure. Because when you look at that Neil Lennon compared to the Neil Lennon that was in the interview earlier in the week, it's night and day. So it's <laughs> well said Kiev. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andrew, it's a wee typo, but we need some kind of humour on a night like tonight. So thanks for that. Uh, no, you're, you know, you're right about, about Lenny, but what I would also say as a caveat to that, uh, because, you know, we were going through there, Kevin will pick up on this story, I went to pick Kevin up, this was in a time where you could share a car with somebody, I picked Kevin up and uh, I says, I, I gave, we went for fuel and I gave Kevin my keys, I says, do you know the way to the, where was it? The Royal Concert Hall. The Royal Concert Hall. No, but we'll find it. I says, go and you drive. So he drove. And that was because I had to organise my questions. I didn't have my questions organised for Neil Lennon. So we then turns up and we met him. But he flew in. See, this is where it's relevant. He flew in from Portugal to do the interview. Didn't he, Kev? He was the manager of Hibs at the time. And they were on a Portuguese winter trip uh, a couple of weeks or whatever it might have been. He was with his agent. And he, he actually told us that there had been some kind of issue in the camp and certain players had broken a curfew. So there's a lack of discipline there, right? Now, he then alluded to it later on in the night, Kevin, I think when he was maybe answering questions on the stage, you, were, you correct me if I'm wrong, and then someday in the crowd shouted Stokesy. And then Lennon admitted, yes, he was one of the players. Now, after that, we could have been kind of rat bags and phoned the, the press and all that. Obviously, we didn't. I mean, he said it in front of 1,500 of a crowd. It later broke, I think a week later, Kevin, that Stokes had broken a curfew, amongst others, blah, blah, blah. He was sacked. He was, he was freed from his contract. But what it showed me was there was a lack of discipline in that team that Neil Lennon managed at Hibs. And that did stay with me. I've got to say it definitely did stay with me because I'm now looking at some of the things that have happened this season. 
Obviously, ball and goalie being the big one. If you want to talk about lack of discipline, Lee Griffiths not being fit until December. So that kind of follows, and this goes falls in, and I'm not going to labour this, it falls into the culture of Neil Lennon. So Neil Lennon, you know, he defended fiercely him and his, and his players having a beer in Dubai. And he, he defended that more fiercely than some of the other aspects that we've been unhappy with this season. Can I actually say something? Maybe it says a lot of the fact that Neil left a training camp to fly and go to a Celtic supporters question and answer session, then fly back. Maybe that says all you need to know about the, the culture that he installs in his players. Good point. And, and during, not just the camp, Kevin, but during an issue involving some of the players on that camp. So that's all we stayed with me. And then there was the incident where... You know, I was given information at the time of the Canberra incident, which resulted in everything that happened after that. And looking quite deeply into that and thinking to myself, this is a manager of Celtic Football Club, there's an unravelling period. And I think that's what's happened at Celtic. It's unravelled. Uh, people use things like losing the dressing room. I think that's what happened when he spoke about the agitators who don't want to play with Celtic. He was expecting a reaction and I think he got the opposite reaction, Colin. Because since then, would you say that they've, you know, played to their, their best possible ability? I don't think so. No, no so the, pl- the, the players deserve a bit of criticism for that as well, surely. Yeah, they do. I mean, I, I watched a, a clip from when Neil Lennon came in as interim manager and we played Hibs uh, at home the other day. Uh, it happens when you're on YouTube, you end up going down a spiral of just watching video after video from the, the first one that you end up watching. And it was a, a 2-0 victory over Hibs at home. Um, and you just watch the, the passing and the movement. Um, almost sound like John Collins there, the passing, the movement, the tempo. Um, but no, the... It was so much quicker, it was so much slicker, the, the players were playing with confidence um, and that's just everything you don't see in a Celtic side at the minute um, and that's up to the coaching team to try and get that out of them. Even when we went on that kind of run just before the game at Ibrox, there was never a period where you said that the football was was of a high calibre. It was still kind of getting through the games and putting the three points in the bag but the performance was always being sort of um, criticised. I mean, we're still conceding daft goals we were still not taking our chances. And the game at Ibrox kind of summed it up. You were getting there, you were kind of creating the chances, but you couldn't put them away. Whereas a team maybe 18 months ago definitely would have. So, <laughs> do you, Kevin? Do you like Chicken Kiev? Next door, next door's cat does. <laughs> but no, it's it's a sad state of affairs that um, we find ourselves in. The season can't end quick enough for me to be perfectly honest. Listen, you know, we have gone over this after every single game. I thought it was going to be much easier this season. Unfortunately, it's not. But we're going to stick with it. Every single day on the bulletin, every match day, we're going to cover the games because that is what we're all about. And it's not because we want to target certain people. We're looking for a solution to what has become a season to forget. Now, what I would say, thank you absolutely every single one of you for tuning in, um, other than the ones that Colin had to block there during the broadcast. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and on YouTube, because we did hit 5,200 live viewers during this. And that just 
shows you the, the sense of uh, feeling, passion, disbelief amongst the Celtic fans at the moment. Uh, we want to hear your opinions and your views, so thanks for, for putting them to us uh, during these broadcasts, and we will be back tomorrow at 12.30. All that's left for me to say as well as thanking everybody for getting involved is thank you to Colin Watt and Kevin Graham for joining me once again on a Celtic State of Mind. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network.